That's my motto. It's I'm realizing things. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome slash welcome back to the Miseducate podcast. My name is Sarah Gathugu, host and owner of the Miseducate blog and now podcast. This podcast is centered on having open and honest conversations about the aspects of life we have been misinformed on. Whether that be relationships, religion, culture, you name it, I'm here to talk about it. Each episode, I'll be inviting guests to talk about their own experiences of miseducation and what they are doing to re-educate themselves. This podcast is not here to provide you with the answers, but perspective. It aims to make you laugh, think, and hopefully spark conversations for change. None of us have it right. We have all been miseducated. In this episode, I am joined by my beautiful friend, Emma as we discuss personal growth. We talk about healing, therapy, the tools to holding space for ourselves, taking accountability, as well as so much more. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back. It's another mm-hmm. episode of the Miseducate podcast. That's right, that's right. I am joined with my beautiful, amazing friend, Emma Farr. Thank you, thank you very much. You will know her from uh, the episode 25. Yeah, episode 25, mm-hmm. Church Girls Acting Loose. That was um, a brazy title, by the way. Thank you. Wait, was it, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know, what made you go with that? Because I always wanted to, I didn't want to just put Church Girls. Or growing up in the church, I wanted something that was more playful because I think the episode is quite heavy. Yeah. So I wanted something that was light. Do you know the vibes it gave me? You know those Jacqueline Wilson books about girls? (laughs) (laughs) And I love me some Jacqueline Wilson. (laughs) I. She has a special place in my heart. She got me through puberty. <laughs> Jacqueline Wilson got me through some some times, okay? It, it was giving me, I said, yeah. She'd approve of this. Yeah. I love her. No, she was. She's still I, alive, right? Yeah. Okay. I hope she's rolling in the royalties. Because for real, for real, that was. They're Tracy probably, Beaker. I was going to say, they're probably all still eating off Tracy Beaker money. Iconic. Iconic mm. to our childhood. Mm. Do you know what actually, I thought that just came into my head and it actually scares me. What? There are certain children that are growing up not knowing who Tracy Beaker is. Actually, that felt quite emotional to say. We were banned from watching Tracy Beaker. Why? When I was a kid. Um, because of the church we were part of said it encourages misbehaviour in children. And Horrid Henry we were banned. <laughs> to be honest when, when Sophie and I were growing up we weren't allowed to watch uh, Scooby-Doo because of what? the ghosts okay yeah um, even though the ghosts were always humans yeah in costume uh, in costume and then we weren't allowed to watch anything to do with magic uh, yeah at all. Um, but my parents sorry love them hypocrites because if they enjoyed something we would be able to watch it mm-hmm. so like you know that uh, movie that T and Tamira did. Uh, Twitches. Twitches. Like we were allowed to watch that, but was this a Waverly Place? Harry Potter? No, can't do that. We were banned from all of them. We used to watch them in secret before my mom came home from work. We'd watch Charmed on was it Channel Four, Channel Five? Yeah, yeah, because it would be on before she came home. 
Sabrina the Teenage Witch, big no-no. Oh, same. Yep. We also, All of them. what's it called? Me and my sister used to, I don't know why we did this, but like when we were younger, because our parents worked nights, we'd wait until my dad had gone because he was the last to leave. We'd sneak downstairs and we would watch Desperate Housewives. <laughs> like, because a new episode would come at like, we'd watch it on repeat. So it'd be like channel plus... Uh, Four plus one or whatever plus, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we'd watch it at 11 and we'd watch the episode and then we'd continue watching TV and then we would go to bed and we thought we were so slick and we were like, yeah, they don't know anything. I properly grew up believing that they didn't know. We used to sneak downstairs and watch TV. And then we'd also eat food as well. Like we would, sometimes Sylvia would order Domino's. Oh. Yeah, like oh, we- Oh, you were living life. We lived life. You were living we life. We lived life. And then I remember one day, it was actually, and this is how you know he was an op. It was my ex that told my parents. Huh? Yeah. Because I remember, it was a funny story to me. And I said that, I shared that with him in yeah. confidence. And then- while we were sitting down oh, no. after a family meeting, oh, no. we were talking about like childhood and stuff, laughing. Oh, ha, ha, no. And then he, he just casually said, isn't, and I knew this was intentional and it was malicious because he was like, isn't that when you and Sylvia would sneak downstairs no, while no, your parents no, no, were no, at no, work no, no, to watch no, TV? Isn't, no. and I was like, shut up. No. Shut up, shut up, shut up. And my parents were like, we knew. Oh. I said, you're liars. <laughs> I said, you're liars. <laughs> Me and Sylvia thought we were slick. Mm. And my parents were like, we knew all along. I said, no. From the time you were ordering Domino's, you were too brave. You were my too was brave. My like, I found the pizza. I found the pizza boxes in the Yeah, bed. yeah. Because where were you hiding that evidence? We had ways. Desperate housewife, I'd understand. Yeah. Domino's, no. Oh. That bright blue box, no. There was no hiding that. <laughs> Not they knew the whole time. <laughs> to each other and just said you know what let's just leave it yeah let's just so this let's is not leave the battle it <laughs> it's not the battle to fight they said look at least they're using their own money to yeah. get dominoes mm. you know you weren't even sneaking out we weren't even, there were so many in. things that we could have done yep to rebel against our parents Listen. and the small small things that we did was watching tv after we were supposed to be in bed and also listening to secular music, even though we were not allowed to. And then we would blame commercials for why we knew songs. Because my mum would always be like, how do you know the song? And I would be like, it was on the advert. Or school. Yeah. School was another one. My brother says school. Oh, it was on the radio at school. Why you got the radio on in school? Why are you not learning? Because it's helpful for us to learn. Oh, this is the thing. <laughs> Growing up with strict parents, I feel like it gives you like a, you become very good with like comebacks. Mm, on the spot. Uh-huh. Yep, my brother does the exact same thing. <laughs> Every time he'll start singing some random. I said, "How do you know this song?" Oh, I heard it on the radio. How? <laughs> Tell me how. What radio station? <laughs> Where'd you get that from? <laughs> Smoother. <laughs> you, you don't know the radio. Frequency is. Is uh, like. <laughs> Tell me more. Eighty-seven point. <laughs> but let's yes, um, go on. I'm the first back on the show. To do her own solo episode. My first one. First of many. First, first, first. And today we are talking about therapy and personal growth. Oh. So, my first question is, what have you recently been 
miseducated on in this oh you have to give me time for that type of question what have i been miseducated on when you say recently how recent i guess in general okay for the topic of it i can tell you one that comes to the top of my head Mm -hmm. i'd say now learning to give people grace Mm. which I didn't used to do mm-hmm. and to learn to be more understanding or not even just understanding, just conscious of the fact that nobody is going to get it right hundred percent of the time mm-hmm. and read your mind mm-hmm. and know how to act and, you know, know what to do exactly for you, mm. no matter who it is or how closely you've known or how long you've known them, sorry, and how close you are. Mm-hmm. You can't think, yeah, that's it. We're locked in forever. Mm-hmm. Never going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. That's not how life works. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people who are... Well, I don't even like saying good. Sometimes people will do things that will have a negative effect on others mm-hmm. without intentionally doing it mm-hmm. or wanting to. But things happen. Mm-hmm. That's that's my learning curve in life, I think. Yeah. What triggered this learning this lesson? Oh, it's a lesson I have come to confront multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think now, like, which example was the earliest? I think even from back, you know, like, secondary school, mm-hmm. we had our friendship groups. And anybody that went to school the same time I did knows about my, me and my loud friends <laughs> and our big group. And, you know, you think because everyone's having a laugh and getting along and it's all fun... That are, this can't go wrong, or Mm -hmm. you know, oh, we all like each other, so this is it, we're for life, sort Mm -hmm. of thing. But that's not what happens as you grow up. Things can happen where, oh, what's the one that really got me? I think for me, it was one of my friends saying that they had cried after I'd said something to them. And in my head, I was thinking, oh, I barely said anything to you. Like, why are you feeling? Yeah. And she was like, no, I really took it to heart. And I said, damn, I'm so sorry. And it was one of those where I was very much a... I'm known as blunt and direct. But back then, it, I don't even think it was necessary. It's just, everything just runs out. Anything that mm-hmm. pops in my head, mm-hmm. I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. And I felt no way. I was never one of those... Anything I say, I can say to somebody's face. <laughs> is how i'll put it so Mm -hmm. to me i wasn't aware that my comments would have made her feel any type of way do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i thought we were just talking because i always feel as if anything i say if someone said it to me i'm okay but just because you're okay doesn't mean somebody else would be okay Mm -hmm. when you say it to them so i think that was the very first time i was like damn but there was no intention to do that or to upset anybody. So that mm-hmm. was me causing it. Mm-hmm. In terms of other people causing it to me, yeah, I think I'd say when I was, how old was I by that point? 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. It's just people who I saw as like family and then they do something. But I don't know. I just don't see the point in, mm. no, not that don't see the point. People just be dumb. Mm. People do dumb things. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see it. Like, 
I do dumb things. Everyone does dumb things. It's mm-hmm. how you want to react to someone doing... I could have escalated it. I could have done this. I could have done that. I don't want to be an episode of Judge Judy. Like, mm-hmm. it's really okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not okay because that money meant stuff. It's, it's, I'm not a baller. Disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big baller. <laughs> I live off the money that I earn by myself. Yeah. I don't have no additional extra support. I don't have nothing. It's just me <laughs> living life and getting by. But I just... Yeah, I didn't have it in me, which is funny because I I don't mind confrontation. I'm not scared. I've never been scared of con- If anything, my problem is I enjoy confrontation too much. Mm. Like, oh, I, I, you know what? It's actually God because I don't know what's wrong with me. There would be a point, an opportunity for confrontation. My heart is beating fast and not because I'm scared because I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's fucking have it. This yeah. is something I am new that I'm learning about you. Yeah, it, I, but I'm I also not surprised by that because you are a very you have always in our friendship. I've always acknowledged you as this is my brutally honest friend. Especially yeah. when I went to university, I was like, I know that when I tell her the shenanigans I'm doing, she's gonna call me out, and I need that because I need yeah. somebody to be real with me. And you always have. You've always. It's funny because I will run off and go and do shenanigans too, and I'll know. <laughs> I'll know the things that if my, if my friend was doing this, what I'd tell myself, and I'll still do it. So yeah, the irony. But I yeah, I'm not I'm not scared of a confrontation, and that was a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had an incident for years that I kind of stopped because I was like, it's not a good quality to have. Mm. It's not a good thing, and it came from a place of anger that I was just anger from something else. But if I have an opportunity to express that anger, I'm going okay. Here you yeah. go. You so can. like projecting it. Yeah, hundred mm. percent on people that didn't deserve it. Well, did they deserve it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they did or they didn't. Either way, I did what I did. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I actively avoid confrontation now, mm-hmm. because of the fact I know I love it. Mm. I love it. Mm. I love it. So then, how do you yeah. still engage in? confront how do you still oh how do i like act now yeah um when confrontation comes up i i slow down i have to like stop and any response i think i have i have to think in my head like i have to every thought process i have to stop and break it right right down and slow it and analyze what i want to say uh-huh. why do i want to say that uh-huh. and how are they going to react or what could they say or where's this going to go mm-hmm. and then i have to ask myself what could i say to actually calm the situation down or what are they saying and what message because try- sometimes yeah people are being maybe rude or disrespectful or they're taking the mic mm-hmm. but maybe there's something they're actually trying to say but it's getting lost in the middle of conflict, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have to try and figure out what message they're trying to like, you know, what's mm-hmm. got them so riled up. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's actually something else. Even if they're cussing you out or saying, oh, you're this, you're that. They're saying that because mm-hmm. maybe they feel hurt because I said something else. Because mm-hmm. that's a, that was a common one. Like my first relationship. But yeah, so there was times where with him... I don't like to argue. So if I'm seeing someone and we start arguing, I know it's time to go because why am I arguing with somebody that I'm not trying to do life with? Mm. Don't come and give me extra stress. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he... Wait, hold uh, on. You don't like to argue, but 
you I won't argue with a man used to, oh okay so specifically with a man like relationship wise I wouldn't argue with a man so the love of confrontations was more confrontations with friends and family and not in relationships anybody everybody it could have been a stranger oh okay. I don't hold back or oh, uh-huh. I didn't back then but yeah no when it comes to, like relationship wise I'm not arguing with a man mm. I'm not because most time I don't like repeating myself with them either. If I've said something, they heard it the first time. Mm-hmm. If they want to do something about it or not, that's their own. Mm-hmm. They heard you. Mm. Well, not you, but as in, I'll tell myself, they heard you the first time. Mm-hmm. And if they don't act or change or do anything, they didn't want to. And if they don't want to, fine. I don't want to be with somebody that doesn't want to make those changes. I'd want mm-hmm. somebody who actively wants us to make it work. Mm-hmm. I don't want... Because, yeah, he was very much, a, oh, you met me this way. I'm not going to change. I said, okay, don't change. Mm. I'm not going to change either. Yeah. We're not going to last. Yeah. Because two people can't come together and try and make things work and both say, I'm not going to change. Mm-hmm. And I was, well, I still am quite stubborn. The fact that he said, you met me this way, I'm not going to change. I said, okay, say no more. <laughs> <laughs> say no more. And in that case, neither will I. Mm-hmm. But then he'd be like, oh, I don't like this, this, this. I said, well, I'm not going to change. You met me this way. And he didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't like that Uno reverse card played on him. <laughs> didn't like it at all. But two yeah. Can, two can play that game. Yeah, so. I absolutely can. And that's the problem. Mm. But um, what was I saying? In your first relationship and about the yeah. conversation. Yeah. The question was about... Um, oh, yes. So um, when we would have these like the whole discussions, or I think we argued maybe three times altogether. Every time I broke up with him. Mm-hmm after because i was like i ain't, I ain't doing this mm. if we're gonna argue goodbye mm. but um yeah he was very much surprised because he was under the assumption that because he thought everything was fine and dandy mm-hmm. it must be and then if he threatens the whole i don't like this i don't like that i would be scrambling oh no 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 no, no. okay then i'll i'll change i'll be this way oh I'll listen i don't no 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 mm. i'm not built like that Mm. and I think that was shocking for him he really thought I think considering that um, I was a lot younger than him Mm -hmm. he thought alright I've got this girl and she's okay here Mm -hmm. so maybe this is it Mm -hmm. so he really thought we were in it (laughs) we were locked in (laughs) and I was thinking no baby no because if we were locked in for life, he'd have hated me. I think I genuinely think so many men that I've dated thought it was great just because there were no problems. But mm. if I wanted to make things long term, they would have hated me mm. so much because I think I would have avoid I would have voiced my opinions about things that made me unhappy mm-hmm. or where I felt like we needed to work on things. And Lord knows they'd have probably felt like it was nagging. They'd have been like, "Damn, I can't do nothing right." Mm. And yeah, um, yeah, I just don't. I don't argue with men. Mm. I don't have the energy. Mm. I don't because the way they. This is generalizing now because obviously not all men will act in this mentality. There mm-hmm. are men that are caring and attentive partners, mm-hmm. but the way he. Oh yeah, this is what I was gonna say. Any time there was a situation, and I like to just talk. Like I'm one of those people. If something is an issue, I'd rather say it right then and there. Mm-hmm. That if you leave me to fester and think about it. 
you're gonna come back to a big storm Mm. don't let me think too tough because the more i think i'll psych myself up for said confrontation Mm -hmm. and then you'll get old me that really wants to let's let's have it let's have it out yeah you don't want that i it's i I found that i'm best if it's like oh something's happened and it made me oh it made me feel this way and why if Uh i say it in the moment Mm -hmm. so much better than if i go home think and I'm like, nah, are they taking me for a fool? I'm not having it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, don't. But he was, as soon as I'd say anything, or even just, uh, oh, but I'd mentioned this before, just, oh, you're doing it again, man. And then he'd always be like, oh, women are so sensitive about it. But it was really funny because he would bring up, like, typical tropes that you'd hear couples arguing about. And I'd be like, but we're not arguing. I just want to talk about something. Because... Mm. If you saw how I look when I'm arguing, you would know what... <laughs> yeah. You would really know because I'd be raging. Uh-huh. You'd see it. And I, it would be... Oh, I'm trying to think of an example now. It would be something really silly, like, oh, maybe... I don't know. I said something earlier to him, like, weeks ago. Uh-huh. And then he didn't listen or didn't do it. Uh-huh. And then i say, oh, but I said this before. And then he'd be like, oh, here women go again nagging. i say, whoa, 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 mm. whoa. Mm-hmm. You've misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, you didn't listen or pay attention. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Not that it's I'm trying added, to turn it's into... added to the problem that was already being raised. Yeah. Because it's like, this has been mentioned before and you've been ignoring it. You've been ignoring the signs that there is a problem here. Yeah, he used to do that all the time. Oh, I'm not going back and forth in circles with you. I think... They look at it as like score counting. And... <sighs> that example i mean some people do score count and they're like you did this and this and this and list all the problems but in the example that you've given is very much like this is a problem that i've seen in you i want to address it i've addressed it before this is not the first time and all of a sudden it's taken as you're keeping score Mm. you're keeping track of my flaws it's like Mm -mm. no i'm just trying to have a healthy conversation with you well yeah but yeah that was um I, I, I do love I do love a conflict <laughs> but I have not had one in a very long time I don't think I would I don't like who I am in that moment mm-hmm. it's not good mm-hmm. and I'm aware of that and the worst part is I'm never sorry really and truly mm. I'm not which is a shame I think I've only been sorry about how I've been in a conflict maybe like twice mm. apart from that God, God is working on me because me I'm not sorry so where did learning wait hold on maybe this whole confrontation thing is probably not the best way to communicate and deal with things where did you learn like oh okay maybe i should alter the way that i approach people Mm. with my points and my perspectives it was my very last conflict so then like one friend had done something that was just it shocked us mm-hmm. and it was very much a oh i didn't expect that oh that wasn't okay this mm-hmm. was out of character mm-hmm. and then i feel like they in in anticipation started to close themselves up and their guard was up mm. so it was more of first we were confused but then they had already gone into defensive mode, ready, mm-hmm. and completely shut down, didn't want to listen, didn't want to talk, didn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't angry at the person. I just thought, okay, this is, I like you, mm-hmm. calm, whatever. But then they, 
they kind of turned mean with it. And that's when I took offense. Mm -hmm. Because then it was just like, right. uh, Yeah, this... I... I don't like being spoken to just anyhow. Mm. People have to come with manners. Ah, mm. uh, I can't. I can't at all. And when it's little, just like sly digs or the tone or... or if I'm coming to you pleasantly mm-hmm. and then you're making little comments and be like this and F this and da 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 da. Bro, I can't be nice forever. Mm. There's, there's only so much niceness I can do. Yeah. Yeah, and I completely flipped. And I remember it so clearly in my head and I was shouting... And I was not nice. I was actually quite horrible. And even after I like I did it, I just thought, what the hell? What was that? And I just mm. thought that was a nasty quality to have in myself. And yeah, that was when I was like, no, that was actually really horrible and disgusting. As a like someone that calls himself a Christian, mm. that reaction was just it should have never turned into that. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it was so it was out of proportion. Like it was just a big explosion of a reaction which was not needed it could mm. have been handled so differently mm-hmm. and in my head i wanted it to be handled different i wanted to be a nice caring friend supportive duh, 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 duh. but then when the other friend is fighting back just because of how maybe they're ready to defend themselves about mm-hmm. what they've done mm-hmm. before they've even i don't know maybe it's like a panic thing mm-hmm. just they want to protect themselves so it's let me lash out at you mm-hmm. before you lash out at me but if you lash out at me now i have no choice mm. now i have to fight back mm-hmm. well then so yeah no that that time i know that was the only that's the biggest one where i was like that was horrible mm-hmm. that should never have happened like i was proper disgusted with myself after mm-hmm. maybe like a day after and i was like nah i don't even know if i've ever really been able to fix that one but yeah that was the last and i said i can't be angry again mm. And I don't think I've really been angry again. I don't get angry. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't. No. Not anymore. And I, I'm i glad I fixed and was aware of it. Mm-hmm. Because I think, especially coming from the childhood that I had, it could have gone two ways. I could have grown into more of the person that was projecting those same behaviors that I saw mm-hmm. and that were put onto us. Mm-hmm. Or, you know how they say like, oh, when someone has like a horrible parent, they either become like them or the complete opposite. Mm. So yeah, there was two paths and thankfully I did not go down the other path. Mm-hmm. We went this way instead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did. Yeah, honestly, I, I just, I feel like I thought, oh God, I'm like him. Mm. And then I said, never again. Mm. And I, it takes a lot to get me like genuine anger. I don't think I felt in years, 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 years. I don't No, mm. I don't really get angry. That's really interesting. I don't. Because I don't think you do. I've never really seen you. Which is funny because back then, like that's, <laughs> if you told someone that everyone doesn't get angry, they wouldn't believe so like mm. there are people that know a different completely different That's version of so me. So interesting. Complete like I remember one time one friend told me it's like I was like a demon. Ah No, like I was it was horrible. It was horrible. Interesting. Like when I went off, it, it was no, it was horrible. Nobody should be like that. Mm. It was horrible. And at first I didn't used to mind that I could have that side to me because most time I used to say it's I'd always I'd never go after anyone that couldn't defend themselves. Mm-hmm. That was how I justified it to myself. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I was actually quite kind to people that were like bullied or people that you know didn't have a lot of friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was actually quite kind to them. But people that have a big mouth and think they're this and that, I'm like, okay, you yeah, I can take. Mm-hmm. So it was always to the bigger fish. Mm-hmm. Not even in a good way. It was just not good. But yeah, no, that quality, yeah, it had to go. But you you saw it within yourself and you you acted on it. Yeah. Like you acted in a way of, I can see this in myself. I don't like this about myself. I've got to do something to change it. And then with what you were saying before, earlier on about like recognizing that there's a problem and kind of like slowing it down and just being like, let me not be so quick to respond. Let me not get so excited about confronting someone. Mm. Let me actually think out my thought process and and figure out how I actually feel about the situation. Um, That's a very hard thing to do it's a very hard quality to do i was actually having a conversation with somebody about this and i was like the way that we want people to communicate that it's it's very hard to have the expectation that somebody is gonna have everything perfect and that that it's going to be like the most healthiest discussion like people are gonna change their mind they're not gonna articulate themselves in the best way they're also trying to deliver their argument of something or their perspective of something while also feeling the range of human emotions that we all feel. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's a lot to put on another person to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that you've been able to see it in yourself and work on it is a very, like, is a very big thing. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. I've had friends that knew me from back then. They'd be like... What person said to me, Oh, what's happened to you? You're so soft now. <laughs> like, in, I can't remember what the situation was. And then they were like, The Emma I knew wouldn't take this. They would have shouted back, and I was like, Yeah, I know. That's the problem. Mm. I would have had an altercation, which is not good. But yeah, no, I'm, yeah, the, that quality had to go, to be honest. That's interesting. So, from you, um, how am I trying to say this? It's interesting because from that example with that friend, I guess my question is from the work that you've done to change that about yourself, what were some of the differences in your lifestyle that you noticed? Did you notice that people, certain people were, the people that you surrounded yourself with, did they start to change as well? You know what? I don't know only because I no longer was around those people. So anybody that I have been around during the conflict years is no longer actually really in my life anymore. Mm. So I don't know them. They don't know who I am anymore. So I always assume there's a bunch of people that think of me as I used to be, which Mm. I'm like, okay, there's Mm. nothing I can do about that. Mm. It is what it is. We were Mm. teenagers, whatever. Yeah, so I don't have a lot of people that have been there along the transition Mm. to know what their thoughts are. Like the one who said about, oh, you know, the old you, like they don't live. Yeah, they don't live here. They live, like I see them once every couple of years. So they Mm. get shocked. So Mm -hmm. they don't know. They're not in my day to day life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's not really anyone that's still there to know what their thoughts are. Mm about 
No. Mm. No, there's nobody at all. Do you think that the people that you were surrounding yourself with may have been a contributor to some of the unhealthy ways of communicating and kind of like being more confrontational or eager for confrontation? Low-key, no. Mm. Because... I mean, some of, uh, some of it is down to us being young. Mm-hmm. And when you're young, you're just... There's no other word to say it, but you're literally audacious. Mm. <laughs> you don't know the world. You haven't... Well, you've experienced some things, but you haven't gained the... I you're feel like figuring it out. I feel like with wisdom, there's sort of a calmness that comes and learning to be slow to react. Mm. And you don't have that yet when mm. you're in your youth. You're just mm-hmm. reacting mm-hmm. because it's what you're feeling and it's your genuine emotion. So you're just, you're living it, mm. you know? So yeah, uh, some of it is down to youth. Honestly, it was it was very much a me thing. It was that real, it was very much, it was all internal. It, I, I honestly don't think it was from my surroundings at all. It mm. was me <laughs> having a bad impact on my surroundings, I would say. Mm. I shouldn't even laugh. It wasn't good at all. But yeah, no, it definitely wasn't. It wasn't the friends. It was me. Mm. I think so, yeah. No, they... On a whole, they were they were good people. Mm. They were just good people. On a whole, some of people are wicked. Some people are wicked, <laughs> and God will deal with them, and deal with that. Mm-hmm. Some people are just wicked, but mm. no. On a whole, I don't. I don't have a bad word to say about no. Mm. So in in having this moment where you realized and highlighted some of the qualities within yourself that you're like I need to change this and kind of like if that is point A and you're now point Z you're now at the other point other end of the spectrum Mm. what was that journey what were helpful tools what was kind of like a and what if you can remember was kind of the first few steps because you've had this conversation confrontation with your friend it's not, or the situation has arose, you've not acted in the way that you've wanted to, you've felt bad, and you've been like, I need to change this. What did you do to change it? <clears throat> Honestly, I think the things that helped me to change or like to see that I needed to change, number one, faith. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, because it was definitely looking at myself and in moments, you are one way as a Christian person. You have conversations with God. You have your quiet time. And you can, you know, you can see who you can be mm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. And then on the opposite end, you go outside and all of a sudden, you're streaming off all sorts. And then I think one time, it was someone who was friends with me in school and in church. And they heard me like outside of church. Mm-hmm. Just I think we were just in town. They were like, "Whoa, I didn't know you could talk like that." I said, "Whoa, okay." <laughs> and that took me by surprise. And then I went home and I thought, "No, he's right." Because then it made me question, "Who am I? Who is the real me in between all of this?" Mm. There's got to be a balance. Mm. It can't be that the person who acts with a heart and is serving can be this way in church. Is the same heart that is going brazy absolutely Mm. brazy so yeah there was that so definitely my faith was the biggest impact and just 
you know every time they say oh growing into the woman that god has created you to be Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking yeah this definitely wasn't her (laughs) so that had to go that had to go asap but i think i've i've learned to understand the quality more now so i may have a big mouth and be ready to fight and defend and do all of this but well, I should say it's not to attack others. It's more to defend mm-hmm. those that need defending. Mm-hmm. It's how I've learned to hone in the skill. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem speaking up if I think something is an injustice or is wrong. I did actually do it in church once. I don't know if I did it very well because I was a teenager. But I have no problem speaking up. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like the the voice I was given was supposed to be used more in that way Mm. rather than to use it to be attacking (laughs) and being malicious. Uh It's not for that purpose. Funnily enough, I'm all bark, no bite whatsoever. I can't even put my hand into a fist. Ah! And people use, as soon as I start raising my voice and going crazy, people used to act as if I was big and bad. I'm not, I'm not. I would literally, I've never punched anything in my life. Not even a beanbag. I can't. I'm not built for it. I could never. I've, I can't even wax my own leg because I cannot bear the thought to bring myself pain. I can't do it. I can't hit a person. I can just shout. And that's okay. So, yeah. I was made to use my voice and mm-hmm. nothing else. <laughs> just learn how to use it. So that was one. It was definitely faith and trying to, yeah, come to that realisation. Mm-hmm. Um, what else would I say? I'm one of those people I like to think everything through. I don't want to say I'm sceptical, but I need to know why I choose to do something. Mm. So in everything, I'm always analysing myself and my decisions and why do I... And one thing I like to do is... I've been doing it for maybe about four or five years now. It's just allowing myself to feel. So I'm a lot more emotional and Mm. empathetic than I used to be. Because I remember there was a point I used to have this whole thing. Oh, I ain't cried in a year. Mm. And I remember after the whole thing, my friend, and I just remember I was praying to God and I was like, God, break my heart for the things that break yours. Oh, which is so funny. Me praying as a prayer because I, oh gosh, I cry like three times a week. (laughs) (laughs) I cry like three times a week constantly. I am, I am two minor inconveniences away from tears. Like, at any given moment honestly mm. or just any form of news i'm i'm always on the edge all you gotta do is use your pinky finger and push me over and i'm gone but yeah it was that and just um learning to understand things from other people's point of view mm. that was the one where i really had to stop and think because it's just yes yeah, someone said something to you but why did they say it why do they feel the need to lash out why mm. do they feel the need to attack and once i kind of had that thought Things don't affect me. I think that's why I don't get angry. Yeah, things don't affect me anymore because I'm like, you're feeling that way because of this, that and the other. Mm. It's not because of the words you're actually saying to me. Mm. So yeah, a lot of things I don't really take to heart like that. But yeah, I was saying, um, so if I feel an emotion or I feel a way, mm-hmm. I'll, sometimes I even write it down, I will get to the root of it. So if I'm feeling some way, it's figuring out why do I feel that way? What caused it? And... I will actually allow myself to fully feel the emotion. Mm-hmm. I won't swallow it down and, you know, try and be like, no, I don't have time to process this. You know, just get on mm-hmm. with it. I will absolutely find a moment at home in private and fully just feel whatever that emotion is, 100%. I will sit in it. Mm. 
if it's for a day, two days, whatever, I will sit in that emotion until I can understand what is causing me to feel that emotion mm. and what am I going to do about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not scared to feel them anymore. I used to be, but not so much anymore. Now that I know I can do that, and just because you feel something doesn't mean act upon it. Mm. It's feel it, understand it, and where you're going from there. Not just, oh, I feel angry. And then now you're angry. Every Your anger's misplaced. And it's just anything and everything that comes near you. No, that's mm. not effective. So, yeah, that's um, that's my biggest thing is definitely allow myself to fully feel an emotion. And what, what does that, like, if you can be specific about it, what does that actually look like? What is allowing yourself to feel your feelings um like what is it that you maybe do because if because you've kind of said that you give yourself the time to do it yeah whether it be a day two days however long it is um but what does that actually look that as you go through your day-to-day okay day-to-day i'm very good at keeping a facade when it comes to being outside i feel like i can I can easily cover up and present myself. Like, when people don't know me and they think I'm all put together, I find that hilarious. (laughs) I find it so funny because I'm literally hanging on by a thread. But then I remember... (laughs) I remember one friend and, like, you know when you just go to church people and they don't really know you? Yeah. And then they actually got to know me. And then I think they were shocked that I'm not always happy. Mm. and they were like oh but when I see you in church and even when you're serving you're always smiling you always seem so bubbly and I'm like yeah that's easy to do mm. <laughs> go home and just, mm-hmm. you go home and you crumble you yeah, know exactly. I thought we were all apart. doing that yeah but apparently not we're not all falling apart at mm-hmm. home actually in this cosy lives maybe we are <laughs> but um yeah so honestly it's never out in public it's always in the privacy of home mm-hmm. in my room and I will write down I will literally write down the emotions that I'm feeling because mm-hmm. sometimes it's a mix of so many different things and for each emotion I will write down what has caused me to feel that way mm. and like who or maybe there's a situation and it's my response to it is the problem mm. so I want to know what is caused it could just be a normal situation but why do I feel funny about it mm. and for all I know it's something that happened five years ago that is similar Mm. and it's those feelings coming back up in this normal everyday situation Mm. it's learning to do that so it's a very much a lot of reflection and looking within myself and being okay to identify that sometimes maybe i'm the problem Mm. maybe i'm the problem Mm. maybe that person has not done anything wrong Mm. you can it's all right to feel wronged they haven't actively wronged you. Mm. And that was a very interesting realisation. Yeah. And it happens, I think, more than people think. Because mm. a lot of people all have stories of where they have been wronged, quote unquote. Mm. But if you looked on the other end, I don't think so many people feel as if they have wronged others yeah. in the Not same really way. Acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. And then most times you'll take offence. Because you're like, this person has wronged me and they don't even have shame to be embarrassed or come and apologise or grovel. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know. They don't even try to wrong you. Yeah. They were literally just being them. Uh-huh. And then you're pent up at home, upset and feeling overwhelmed and da 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 and now you resent this person the whole time. They're just living. Mm. 
never I think that's a problem <laughs> like that's something that like I know I have a problem with because even in a like a past job that I did there was a problem mm-hmm. and it had been building for a long long time and I had it got to a point where I was so frustrated with it and I remember calling my sister and just being like I just don't understand, da, 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 all these different things. I was just so angry at these people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are they allowing this situation to go on? They have wronged me. And my sister was like, you need to bring it up. And I was like, why me? Why me to bring it up? And I remember when I brought it up and I literally was like racking. I had to write down what I had to say because mm. I was like, I don't want to speak out of the emotion that I'm feeling of this is injustice of jealousy of anger and I brought it up and it was interesting because the first thing that the person said was I was wondering when you were going to say something oh because yes this has been a problem and then they explained their side of the story and then the other person involved also explained their side of the story and it's interesting because I've only it was like it was only in realizing all three parts that I was like so I was the problem. Oh my gosh. So it was me. Because if I had said something sooner, it would have been fixed sooner. And there'd be no problem. And there would be no problem. Mm-hmm. And actually, these two people were doing the best that they could in the same way that I was trying to do the best that I could. Yeah. And the person standing in the way was me. Yeah. Oh. 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 Mm-hmm. It's really hard. It's so, <laughs> it's, it's so hard. It's been really hard. To be able to get to a point where you're like, oh, it was me. It was was, me. It was me. Yeah. It was me. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. That is a whole block. That would be a a whole section in my life. That would be act two. (laughs) Not even chapter or scene. It would be a whole act. Uh Act two would be maybe I'm the problem. Oh. That is not easy to do because it's easier to be, it's easier to live in victimhood. Yes. Yeah. Because, and I think there is, actually, why is it easier to be the victim? Why is it easier for us to position ourselves as the victim? Parts of me does think that it's easier to get sympathy Mm. and empathy from people. Oh, yeah. Than it is to be like, oh yeah, I did wrong. Because people are like, okay, shame. And then I also think, if you're the victim, then you take the responsibility off your own shoulders to solve the problem and fix Mm. it. Because you're saying, why should I have to sort it out? They did it against me. You did that to me. Mm. You're the one that did the problem, so why am I the one to fix it, you know? Mm. So when when you're the victim... All of a sudden, you can step back and do woe is me, woe is me in peace. Mm-hmm. And then the problem that isn't going away, you say, well, it's, it's not up to me. Mm. It's not up to me to fix it, which is, it's funny we say that now, because then I think with all my self-growth and reflection and da da da, da there was one situation, why only now, still in recent life, that it's had to be put my big girl shoes on and say, no, let's go and sort let's not do oh they wronged me so i'm gonna wait for them mm-hmm. to come and talk mm-hmm. and then things fester for years unknown mm. 
that's so yeah so yeah even with all the growth there's still Mm -hmm. it's a never-ending journey it's a never-ending journey yeah because i i i agree with that because i feel like i've also found myself in similar situations especially recently where i'm thinking about old situations and old arguments and looking at it from a different perspective and then also realizing oh it was me i was the problem in that oh gosh i feel like sometimes a bit the worst part of it is that i'm realizing it and i want to act on it and like take accountability and responsibility Mm -hmm. but because the person or the people or whatever it was are no longer a part of my life there's no point of like I can't it's not even there's no point I literally can't go back yeah so it's like a oh, I just wish that they would know oh I, can, I acknowledge it now yeah like, I acknowledge it now but I can't you, you can't interrupt their life you can't interrupt their life just to come and bring your realisation when mm. they've moved on and they're it's living like, life hey I know you've moved on but you now have to listen to me but let me just bring back it was me. Yeah. I was the problem. I'm sorry. Okay, yes, we on. all know, but I need you to stop mm-hmm. and hear me say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not... And it's not always... It may be a realisation for you, but for the other person, you're now disrupting their lives. Exactly. And exactly. their progress as well, mm-hmm. and their healing and growth. And who are we to do that? Mm. We gave ourselves the time. Why can't they have the time? Mm. I get conflicted with that sometimes. Cause I'd be so ready to be like, let's sit down and sort it now. Let's mm. sit down and talk about it now, 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 mm. now, now. And I've had to deal with like being in relationships or friendships or just any type of connection with someone who doesn't have that mindset and how to deal with that. Because I, to me, it's so clear in my mind and it makes so much perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we want to sort this out straight away as we're in it and we're feeling it? Mm-hmm. But other people are not built the same way mm-hmm. they might say i need a moment to step back to digest it because mm-hmm. if we talk in this moment nothing productive is going to come from this mm-hmm. i'm not ready to receive yeah i'm not ready to receive. if they're not in the mindset to listen to what you're saying but you're insisting we have to sit down and resolve this right now it's not going to go anywhere you mm-hmm. will be going in circles so that's something i've had to learn not everybody wants to work on your terms mm-hmm and you've got you've to be okay with that. Yeah. To accept that. You literally just... Because uh-huh. what can you do? Uh-huh. If you try and force them, you're pushing them away. Mm. You just have to firm it. I remember what's it called. I remember finally getting to a point where I was like, okay, I'm ready to take my responsibility for a role that I played in the decimation of, like, a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I wrote out this letter. And it's something that my therapist, actually, my therapist at the time encouraged me to do. Mm-hmm. So I wrote out this whole letter explaining how I had been hurt, but also then explaining how my lack of communication and all the things that I had done was wrong and I should have spoken up and da-da-da-da. But then I also remembered... And I think this was the first time that I was really consciously aware. I was like this person is also living another li- their own life yep. and I am potentially crossing a boundary by communicating with them when it's been obvious that they do not want to communicate with me. Yeah. So I was like, I didn't know what to do because it was very, it was like a, and even now I kind of go back and forth, but I'm kind of happy that I did it anyway mm. of sending the letter anyway, but putting a preface 
in the beginning of the letter and then also in the beginning of like the email of like I have no right to do this mm-hmm. and if you do not want to read this delete it and that I you I just needed to send it yeah you don't need to reciprocate or read or anything and I apologize for crossing a boundary I just need to release it yeah and then I think yeah it's just kind of like yeah I was happy that I did it because I did it for me but at the same time I was like I have to be aware that in doing that I might have been the villain in their story oh oh that realization that you could be the villain in someone else's story mm-hmm. I think we are all the villain in someone's story we are some of us are villains in more stories than others but somewhere along the lines, even when your heart has the right intentions, it happens. Mm. It happens. And it's just, it's very much learning to get over ourselves when someone is the villain in our story. Mm-hmm. And just understanding that this is just a part of life. Mm-hmm. It hurts. We may not fully understand why things happen, but it is a part of life, mm. which is not a nice realization at all so many things we think if we'd only just oh if i'd only oh if this Mm -hmm. could have you know when sometimes you think that situation i was in back then could look like this now Mm. and it don't Mm. oh well Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh well Uh (laughs) that's it you've gotta live with it yeah sit with it yeah heavy on the sit with it Mm -hmm. but then let it go afterwards Mm -hmm. don't sit in it forever Mm hold on you can't hold on to the past Mm. and then that person's happily married now with two children Mm. (laughs) (laughs) can't sit in the past (laughs) just gotta let it go (laughs) yeah that's that's what i think about that and then in uh continuing on from some of the things that you said before of leading yourself into this growth uh, personal growth journey because you've said you allow yourself to sit with your feelings to actually sit with them reflect on them um what other things have you been doing what did i do i did go to therapy mm-hmm. i went i'd been thinking about it for a long time mm-hmm. i'd wanted to go for about prior to this i think i'd wanted to go for about three years Mm -hmm. it was just time money and then at first i was in kent and i was like where am i going to find a black therapist in kent Mm. the nearest i could find was london and it was either having to go there or do it on zoom but then london prices and i was like yeah this is turning Mm. out to be quite difficult then i came back to here and then it was a case of i was fed up of not understanding why I felt certain ways. Mm. As much as I can do by myself, I'm not a professional. Mm. I only did at psychology and AS level, you know? Like, I'm not I'm not a mind reader. I'm not a pro. I may talk clearly, but I only talk clearly about the things I understand. If mm-hmm. I don't understand, I stay quiet. Mm. That's also something I've learned. If you don't know, sh- mm. yeah. <laughs> so I only talk when I feel like I know. If I don't know, I stay quite quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, there were so many feelings I had to the point that it was almost like I was gaslighting myself about certain things. Because mm. then I'd be like, no, because why would you feel that way about this? Then you can't because... 
and it was a lot of mixed up emotions within me about certain things specifically as well pertaining to the childhood I had and family environment Mm -hmm. and I was like I was getting to the point where I thought if these things aren't resolved it's going to affect future relationships and it did Mm -hmm. it affected one that I just thought this person was too good for me Mm. as in their intentions were pure and genuine and they cared and I was annoyed with myself because I had not everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savoury tartar sauce, that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah, you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Done enough work internally to be ready for that person. Mm. So I kind of pushed that away and avoided that just because I was like, I can't. Because you're good. You're, I mean, This is saying this. For all I know, maybe they also had demons. They were battling on the inside <laughs> and we just hadn't had that conversation. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. But from all I had an experience with that person, I said, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. Because you don't deserve this messed up, jumbled bag that I've got inside of me. And mm-hmm. like in terms of a future and a family, I thought what I bring is not what I want. So I know when I'm older and I can envision the like how I want my family to be. And I know I'm not there yet to have the family that I envision and that I want. So I had to do the, what well, I have to do the work within myself to get myself to that stage. I always think of like, oh, my 30s, mid-30s. By then, mm. I need to have this, 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 and this. So I know it may, I may not get everything sorted. Mm. It may not be realistic, but it's, it'd be nice to try. So when I finally get to the point where I'm thinking family, I'm like, yeah, this is the environment. It's a safe one. It's what I expect. Because right now is me. Uh-uh. Mm. Before the kid does something that triggers me back to flipping 2005. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I take it out on a child that don't deserve. Mm. Or has n- it's not the child's fault, mm. you know? So yeah, so it was a lot of thinking about my future and thinking, I don't want to go into a partnership with anyone or a connection with anyone knowing that I have all of this, this and this that's unresolved. Mm. I don't want to bring that into it. I want my fresh start to be a complete fresh start. Mm. I don't want to have to carry all of this. And, you know, I want things to, yeah, yeah, that was it. So, um, I'd wanted to for a long time. And then I'd had people who were like elder, older Christian friends to me who I kind of saw as like, I don't want to say a mentor or advisor. So there were things that I'd worked out with them and we'd done it through prayer and fasting and reading the word and doing things like that. So there was that. But I think even as Christians, therapy is there for us too. Mm. It's not that, oh, I'm a Christian. I don't need it. Oh, I have God. Okay, but who do you think brought it? <laughs> who do you think God is enabling yeah. on earth to physically help you with the practical side whilst mm-hmm. you are working with God on the spiritual side. To Mm. me, it goes hand in hand, Mm. you know? So I knew I wanted to have that. And even though I'd had like, yeah, people who were Christian who I could go to for advice, I was like, no, I need a professional to actually speak to. But I remember on my 25th birthday, every birthday I've cried. I cry since I was, oh gosh, 18. I think I cry coming up to every birthday. Really? I think about my life and I think about how unhappy I am with where it's at. Mm. 
and where I want to be and just how far the gap is and just like when I was younger the things I expected for myself and life was so promising but then things have happened in life and they're not where it should be Mm. and yeah I get upset every birthday because I'm like I just for the life that I could have had if things were different and I know there's no point thinking back to um oh if only I if only Mm -hmm. this if only that okay yeah life happens we have to move on but still doesn't make it hurt any less you know yeah so yeah around I get birthday blues so so bad and I remember my 25th birthday I was just I thought I tackled it and then I think it was the evening of that birthday and I was about to go to bed and I was just sobbing Mm. and I said I ain't tackled this it's still there it's still underlying it needs to be resolved so I remember I finished crying I wiped my tears and I went googling for Christian counsellors in the city (laughs) tear stains on my face I said we gotta do this right now and then I found one in the city and it was yeah it was Christian Mm -hmm. and then I literally put in the application form straight away and I did not hear back I knew there was a long waiting list I mean not as long as NHS Mm -hmm. because lord impossible Mm -hmm. impossible so i knew it was still gonna be long because man everybody's going through it and everyone needs it and yeah yeah and then how long did it take so if i did that in october i didn't get a response oh no i got a response six weeks later Mm -hmm. that's when they get back to you about your application yeah and then they say you come in, you have an appointment and then they kind of do like an assessment to mm-hmm. see what your needs are. Yeah. And obviously because they have different counsellors and who have their specialities, who you'd be best paired with. Yeah. So I went down and then I got there and yeah, they seemed friendly enough. And this was during COVID, so it was all like mask on and this, mm-hmm. that and the other. And then I had this old white man and instantly I said, oh no. Mm. it's the battle between I need someone who's a Christian but someone who is black who understands yeah. my experiences yeah I need both and I'd been um and ahhing because most of the time when I found someone who was black they weren't necessarily Christian mm. or with the spiritual aspect mm. so I was struggling to find someone who had the best of both mm. so then we go upstairs to this little room and I'm sat in this little chair and then the man is sat on the opposite side of the room with his clipboard and his forms and papers. And yeah. he, he's like, so, just start talking. And I'm like, um... And then he's like, what made you decide to seek counselling? And I'm like, oh, where do I start? So then I literally go back to like the very beginning. And he's very... No reaction. Uh-huh. I can't read his face. Yeah. So I'm just talking. And I think I must have been talking for about 30, 45 minutes. I'm just talking my life. Uh-huh. Obviously, this wasn't a therapy session. Mm-hmm. It was just the assessment. But yeah, I was like, the con- consultation? Yeah. So then yeah. I'm like, and this, this, this happens in this. And this, this, this. And he's just scribble, 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 scribble. Barely. And then he'd stop and he'd just be looking at me. And I could not read this man's face. Mm. And I'm like, what is going on? And I That's felt... the scary part. Because oh. you're just like, what are they thinking? Yeah. And then I remember I said things to him that I'd never said out loud ever to anybody. Like, just barely even said to God. But I was like, this is do or die. I need to make it clear that I need help. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm like, if I don't tell this man the truth, they might think, oh, you don't really need... Yeah. It's not that severe. You'll be yeah. all right. And then if they say, oh, you're not, we don't have anyone available, 
then I'm not going to get the help I need. So I'm like, right, this is do or I need to make him see that we mm-hmm. need help up mm-hmm. in here. So I was just saying everything. Yeah. And then he, by the end, he was just like, okay, thank you. And then he was like, would you prefer to have a woman as your therapist? And at first I would just be like, no, I'm okay. Everything's okay. I don't care who I have. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> this man said, are you sure you wouldn't like to have a woman? And I Wait, said, you said okay. You said no, I don't mind. Yeah, at first. Uh-huh. And then when he said, are you sure? I said, you know what? Yeah, make it a woman. <laughs> I said, yeah, you're right. I think you're right. I think you know. I said, yeah, put that down. <laughs> Write that one down, please. And he absolutely <laughs> did. So then I just said, okay, thank you. And I left feeling so raw and vulnerable and just mm. exposed, mm. especially because there was no feedback from him. So I'm like, I just spoke into the air. Yeah. And that was so uncomfortable to do. And then I didn't hear back until January, I mm. think. The wait was quite long. January, mm-hmm. February, I think it was. Not this year, last year. Mm-hmm. So it was a long time ago. Yeah. Or was it like March? It was the start of the year. Like, yeah first couple of months mm-hmm. I didn't hear back and then all of a sudden they called me and they were like yeah we've got someone for you and then they were like you can start this this date and I was like oh my gosh thank you and I remember they were like oh you have to give notice um minimum 24 hours notice if you can't make it mm-hmm. and I remember the day before I chickened out I couldn't do it I was so nervous and just so many emotions and so anxious Mm. I I said, oh, sorry, I've got COVID. I can't come in. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Mm. I could. I just wasn't ready. And I just felt so many different things at once. And yeah, I just, I chickened out. Mm. And then the week after I finally went. And then it was this really sweet Caribbean woman. Mm. And I, oh, I love her to this day. Like that woman changed my life. Mm. Absolutely changed my life. Yeah, so I met her for the first time and... I instantly felt so calm and mm-hmm. peace. And I was like, this is someone who's going to listen to me. Because mm. in so many times, like in so many other examples in life, where I've balked up the courage to say, not even like the deepest of the deepest, or just, you know, we test the waters. I thought, let me just dip my toe yeah. in, see if I can trust somebody mm-hmm. and tell them a bit about my life and my experiences. And then the reactions I had, I just said, no, I'm not doing this again. Or, like, they didn't hear what I'm actually trying to say. They've mm. heard my words, but they're not understanding. They're not yeah. yeah. They didn't get it. Mm. They've missed the mark with what I'm trying to say. So, when I had this woman, I said, finally, someone's going to hear me. And hear me, like, properly. Mm. And she really, really did. We started from pretty much the beginning. And things that even predate me, but are the causes of why I am where I am today. Mm. And... It took us a good five weeks just to get through the intro of life story Mm -hmm. and just to unpack everything. And she made me feel so at peace and realized that I feel certain ways about certain things and they're valid how I felt because a lot of the time things that had happened, I was made to feel just get over it Mm. or, oh, I've had worse. So Mm. yours can't be that bad. Mm Or even just, oh, but it's not there anymore. So Mm. why are you still thinking? But then these things happen in fundamental years of my life when you're growing up. Mm. So they affect how you become an adult. Mm. So yeah, she was really, we really, really dove like deep, deep, deep into that. And at this point, 
um, I was I was full time student and then working part time, but basically doing full time hours. But I was free. The only thing was by the time so we did I think ten sessions, and then you have like an evaluating how things go in, and then we continued for a bit. But then I had a new job in end of May, mm-hmm. and I couldn't do. She was only free one day of the week because mm. she does other things in like her yeah, spare yeah. time. Yeah, so eventually we had to part ways and I still think about her and like there were things that and yeah so when we started because it was Christian counsellors but you don't have to be a Christian to go mm-hmm. she did ask like how do you want this to play out and I'm like no please bring all of your Christianness into this yeah because her partner was a pastor as well so mm-hmm. I'm like whatever you got add it in add it in yeah. I trust you I feel comfortable in here whatever you want to say I'll take your advice yeah so she put that in and there were times where she was like, I'm going to add you into my prayer points. And Aww. that just made me feel like, yeah. Yeah. You, there's no. somebody out there that's yeah. fi- like fighting with you. Yeah. And I'm not doing it by myself because yeah. boy, does it feel like it sometimes. But yeah, she clearly saw that and she saw me, like me. And she was the person that I could just let it all so she could see all sides and aspects of me and there's things that like I used to feel so oh, I'm never gonna have this in life I'm never gonna have that and I don't see this happening for me anytime soon and she'd be like nope you have to keep the faith you have to pray about it take mm. this to God and even mm. then I'd take things I'd take things to God but it's just I always felt like I'm not that person who gets nice things or gets good things mm. or I'm not the person that things work out for mm. Which is funny when I say it, cause some people are just like, well, what do you mean? Yeah, and I'm like, no, you don't get it. You don't get where I should be and what I expect of myself versus what's happening now. Yeah. It makes me feel as if I'm not the person that succeeds. Mm. But she was like, no, you absolutely can. It's doable with God. So yeah, she was, yeah, I miss her. I actually, oh, I'd want to go back to her so bad. But you know, she if she saw me now, I think she'd be happy because there are things that we'd prayed about which have come to fruition. Yeah. As she said, it was to keep the faith. So she helped me in multiple aspects because it was dealing with childhood Mm -hmm. and then dealing with fears for the future, Mm. but then also dealing with my faith because at that point, my faith had dipped. Mm. And it honestly, she helped me to strengthen that back up and yeah, reinforce who I am. And help me see that I'm not a lost cause and all of that. No, mm. she was great. I mean, I hope she's doing well. I hope she's doing well. Mm. Shout outs to her. But yeah, that that those therapy sessions changed my life. Mm. I absolutely ah yeah. Going to that therapy as well helped me understand that things that have happened to me that weren't my fault or like things that were out of my control. Mm-hmm. The people who did those things also had things done to them Mm. they had their own circumstance they had their own trauma that they are clearly struggling to deal with hence why they acted out and certain things happened to me so then I didn't used to look at it as a singular blame anymore Mm. because then you start to understand that sometimes environment and outside world has a bigger impact than you think it does so I can't look at one person and say you were horrible in this, this way, and I don't understand why you didn't just do this and help me or look after me or care in this, this way, the way I expected you to care. When for all you know, 
they did their absolute best because they had even less. Mm. They never got the love. They're giving you the love that they wish they received. And even though you may not feel like that love is enough, that's more than what they ever got. Mm. So I had to come to, yeah, an understanding with that because it was very much a, even though I feel a way against certain people because I feel like they did not give the love that I felt I needed. Mm. They did their best and Mm. I can't be mad at them for that. And they got even less love than I did. Yeah. So you cannot be mad because they did their best. So yeah, I had to come to terms with that. Mm. And that changed, that definitely changed my outlook a lot. Especially even one time I saw like a tweet on Twitter where it was like, um, our generation, when we look at our parents and think that they didn't do enough or like we think about their shortcomings. But then one person's parents said to them, did you ever think that, like what I'm giving you is miles more than what I ever got from my parents. Mm. Cause it's true. Back then what it meant to love and care for your child was a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. So they're doing the things that back then was, this is how you care. This yeah. is how you show care. When yeah. Have you eaten? Mm-hmm. That's declaring love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's them <laughs> declaring love. So then when we look at our parents and that generation and say, oh, but you're not doing this, this is, mm-hmm. they're like, what the hell? Why would I? I did this, mm-hmm. this and this, mm-hmm. which is what I'm supposed to. Well, that's what they, that's what they thought yeah. back then. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, I've definitely had to have a lot of grace with that mm-hmm. and just, they did what they could. Mm-hmm. And even if they did their best and it's not enough, they did their best. Mm. You can't fault them for that. Mm. You just have to learn to fill in the gaps and, you know, learn you're your own person. You're an adult now. Those gaps that are there from what they couldn't do, you have to do for yourself. Yeah. Which is not easy. Mm. And that's where I've been at the past year and a half. It's definitely been, I have to fill in those gaps by myself. Mm-hmm. Because this future that I always talk about, I can envision so clearly. If I'm not ready for it, mm-hmm. then that's another child with another story. Mm-hmm. Which is what I never... I know there are certain things that are inevitable. And you can be what you think is a perfect parent and the child will still say, yeah, but... You did, you didn't do this and you didn't do this and yeah. you did this and all that. But I'm still try my best. Yeah. I'm still try my best. So yeah, that's been the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, year and a half. That's been my focus. Mm. And she's taught me a lot of things, especially things like with the friendships I have. I noticed... I would break my back. I've said this to you before. I'd break yeah. my back running up and down this country to spend time with friends. And yeah, when she asked me about this, because I think there was one point she was asking me about, oh, uni, why did it not work out the first time? And I was like, oh, one of the reasons I feel like because I stretched myself. And she's like, mm-hmm. why did you stretch yourself? I explained to her. And then she was like, those people that you stretched yourself for, where are they in your life right now? And I was like, damn, she right. So then we went through a whole, that was a whole one week where we focused on focusing on the people who focus on you. Mm. So I finally really put it into practice this year. I've, cause I'm very much a yes person. Mm-hmm. If my friend says, Hey, do you want to go? I say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, what about? Yeah. Hey, do you want to come up? Yeah. 
me I'm packing up a bag and go and I've had to learn to say no to certain things and I think it shocked certain friends mm, and they didn't they're know so how... used to you saying yes all the time yeah they didn't know how to receive it and certain friendships have disappeared because if it weren't for me upholding and actively keeping the friendship going where mm. was the friendship mm. it wasn't mm. I was doing all the work in every single friendship and I was exhausted. Mm. And there were so many things in life that I put on the back burner because to me, this friendship was all I had. Mm -hmm. When your family connection isn't as others is and you you don't have that. You lean on your friends. My friends were my family. So I treat them as I would make sacrifices for Mm -hmm. my family. They're they're all the same. Yeah. Even the people that are my family, they're not all blood. Mm -hmm. Family to me is not blood. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the people that, you know, you decide we are in this life together. Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens, I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. But to them, I was just a friend. Mm. I wasn't reciprocated. No, but my friends to me were all I had. So I poured everything into that and it drained me and not enough was being poured back into me. Mm. And it was affecting other areas of my life. So we had to work on that and learning that it's okay to just keep the ones that actually do care for me and mm. show up for me mm-hmm. and that the other people, if they're not showing up, it's okay. Mm. It's not the end of the world to lose a friendship. You mm. won't die. You will actually be okay. Yeah. You might feel like you've lost a limb in the beginning and you might, things out of habit and you might want to reach to them. But then I started to realise even one time like, oh, I think, let me just give them a chance again just to see. And then I'd sit there and think, yeah, this person doesn't care for me the Mm. way I care for them. Yeah. And I just, yeah, there's been a few people that I just sat there and thought, okay, it's not the end of the world. If I focus on the ones who are in my life and pour more into them, it's a more fulfilling life. Mm. And that's perfectly okay. Yeah, coming to terms with that was, (laughs) outside of the family stuff, that was the hardest for me. Mm. That one really hit because I was like, well, if I ain't got them, who have I got? But it's okay. Mm. There's a lot of, from everything that you've said, there's a lot of like realizing things and coming to terms with things. It's That's my motto. I'm realizing things. mm -hmm. (laughs) It's heavy though. Yeah. It's heavy and it's a lot. It is. But I think, I mean, some of the things that you've mentioned, I already know from conversations that we've had. Yeah. But like... And I don't mean to be patronising with this, but, like, I genuinely am very proud of you. <laughs> I am you. so proud of, like, how far you've come. Um, it's not easy. It's no. really not been easy. Girl! <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> Oof. But, like, I think the, the, it's the word that kind of comes out for me in everything that you said is, like, grace. Like, you've extended grace for... You've learnt grace to extend for other people yeah. and for yourself and yeah. then also also for like all versions of yourself, for your younger self and for your current self mm. and you keep going even though... Sometimes you don't even want to go. <laughs> oh gosh. I don't want to go. Do you ever get those times where you just, I'm tired of existing? Mm-hmm. That's my motto sometimes. I'm bloody tired of existing. I need a break from existing. If I could get them, I don't want to off myself. I don't want to unalive. I just yeah. need, I just need pause. Can we just pause life? I don't want to end life. I just want to pause it. Let me just rest. Oh God. 
please let's just pause for a minute and vacation oh. i may not come back <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's not been but you know i have some goals mm-hmm. and i've had some goals since like 2021 mm-hmm. and they still haven't been accomplished but I said to myself, this year, we're going to knock some goals off the list. We just mm. have to. Mm-hmm. So we're toughing it out. Mm-hmm. We're working hard. We're studying hard. Mm-hmm. We play hard when we have time. Period. We play hard. Amen. Because life is still for the living. Amen. That's another thing. You can't... It's all good and well working on yourself and working on yourself and ticking off those milestone, milestone, milestone. But if you have not lived and experience life what was the point Mm -hmm. if you have not shared the life with others around you what was the point people forget this sometimes as christians we are not supposed to do life alone community we're not supposed to Mm -hmm. think about the fact that god will literally place people in your life hey he will place people there Mm -hmm. and those people are supposed to help you they're supposed to uplift they're supposed to pour into you as you pour into them Mm -hmm. We are not supposed to do it alone. Mm-hmm. More time, sometimes when we feel alone, it's it's in our head thing. Mm-hmm. It's very much... Because there was times where I'm like, oh, I'm so alone, I have nobody. And then my friends will be like, hey, do you want to go for brunch? And I'm like, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not alone. I'm not. Yeah. We're not alone. We're not. And I'm, there probably are people who generally, actually, literally are alone. And I pray for them. Mm. Because... God is putting people in your life if you open yourself and allow those people to come into your life. Mm -hmm. If you are closed off to every interaction you have, nothing is going to change. Mm. Yeah, I don't know who needs to hear that, but I said that. A word, a word. Somebody may have needed to hear that. Receive, receive. Life is for living Mm. with others. Um, And then in everything that you've said, to kind of summarise... Because I feel like you've already said this anyway. You've said how you've been miseducated in personal growth and all of that different stuff mm-hmm. and how you've and the steps that you've taken to re educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um in how would you summarise or what are your like last remarks and words for people listening to this episode? Mm-hmm. What do you want them to take away? Um, learn to understand others better mm. wait let me say that closer so for the people in the back <laughs> I said we should learn to understand others better mm. if you learn to understand why a person may act or do the things they do you look at them differently mm. it doesn't always excuse what they do but once you know why they do it the anger kind of disappears. Mm. Well, for me, it works. Because then you realise they are a result of this, this, this and this in their lives. Mm. Which is why not everyone has the self-awareness to change. Mm. Not everyone does. Or, for all you know, this is them changed. They they could have been worse. (laughs) They could have been a whole lot worse. Maybe this is them after a bit of growth. Uh Maybe there's more growth to be had, but you have to wait. You can't just... Exactly. Yeah. Learn to understand others better. Um, Give yourself grace as well. And I say that because I don't do enough of it. 
I'm always sitting here like, I haven't accomplished anything. I haven't done this. this you don't give yourself enough grace. I, I know I don't. I, I'm so, so aware. And I'm still struggling with it to this day. I don't know how long it would take to sort that out. And then I don't even know what it would take for me to feel like, yeah, I've done it. Because mm. I bet you, even if I tick all the things off my list, I'm still going to be like, I haven't accomplished anything. Or I'll even say what took so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say something stupid like that. So yeah, give yourself grace as well. That's for everybody, including me, mm-hmm. that we are still re-educating ourselves on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got for the people dems. Well, thank you. Wait, what's yours? What? My takeaway. Yeah, what's your gonna, answer to the question? I'm going to do that in the... Also, I don't get to know... Outro. You well, you listen to the episode and then you'll hear my closing remark. Oh, which is what I do because I'm like, what are my final takeaways? From okay, the um, I just need all the listeners to when she posts this, we need to comment. How do you feel about the fact that Sarah gets reflected by herself and her audience and her hosts? Uh, not her hosts, her guests don't. Because what if I want to know her answers? You will when you listen to the episode. You haven't even talked about your experience with therapy yet. Thank you very much. Where's she going? She actually thought she was going to wrap up the show. She thought she was going to wrap up the show. And she would get all the answers and I wouldn't. This girl left me in the dust. Because this is your episode. This is not mine. Whose show is this, Sarah? Is it my show? Exactly. Exactly. I'm a guest. Which means I interview my guests. Let's discuss this together. Oh, what's the question she asked me at the beginning? <laughs> I'm trying to remember the questions. <laughs> I need everyone listening to put a comment and tell her, is this fair or is this not fair? Because I should have, she's lucky I didn't come with questions because I could have. What would you have done? I would have answered them. Okay. Um, what was your experience with therapy? What no. Was, okay. What made you decide to seek out therapy? therapy? Now I've added an extra hour to this episode. <laughs> you thought it was over. <laughs> you can clip it if you want to. You can. You don't even have to say it as much as you decide. No, it reminds me of uh, one of the episodes of the Receipts podcast. I think they were doing a Your Receipts. And they had um, another podcast on. Mm-hmm. And literally an hour from the end, they say, okay, we're going to, this is the last dilemma. We're, class- we're closing the episode. And I remember looking at my phone and being like, there's still an hour left. <laughs> what do you mean this is the last one? You, you guys are going to talk for an hour. And I was like, this happens all the time. Yeah. All the time. But uh, your question was, what, what, uh, see how it feels what <laughs> made you want to seek out if you however much detail yeah, you want to give no um i was depressed i was depressed yeah. i think for the longest time like when i was in like when i was a teenager i think i always knew that there was something there was something that was wrong and wasn't right mm-hmm. but i thought that it was like me as a person, I was like, there's something not right. Mm-hmm. It's not right because I was battling with episodes of really dark depression and then also really anxious periods as well. Yeah. And I was just going back and forth between these places. And again, growing up in an African household, when I'd come to my parents about things, they'd just be like, we'll pray about it and then that was it. Yeah. 
like honestly it got really bad like the anxiety that i would get around exam periods it was really bad to a point i remember one time i came home and i was just like crying and just panicked and my parents were like about to go away for their anniversary and they were like we can't leave you like this mm. and i said i can't ruin it for you so i want you to go and i think i became really good at like pressing it down yeah because i was like i don't want to ruin it for other people so just keep pressing it down just press it down like if i kept looking at my problems and then looking at other people's problems and i was like if i'm gonna ruin it for other people press it down further Oof. so i became really good at doing that and then i went to university and i felt like i wasn't really i think a lot of people especially when it came to church were like oh sarah's got a good head on her shoulders she's very equipped she's gonna be fine and i think because of how sheltered i was all these experiences that i was having with men insecurities that i had all that just kept coming out and i was like i have i had like my sister and i had people to talk to you but I don't think I was able to really deal with things in like the best way or the most proper way. Mm-hmm. So it was just like issues on issues on issues, just kind of like piling them, but just pressing them down. Cause I was like, don't, don't project them onto other people. And I'd always said to myself, I was like, one day I'll talk to somebody about all this different stuff. I just want to talk about it thinking I could just do like a one-off session of therapy and it's fine. <laughs> and that's what it would be like. Not the um, instant version. Yeah. Like I genuinely thought that that's what I would do. Like th- those were my perceptions of therapy. And then I went to Germany for my year abroad. And that is when I would say the depression wave just like hit me again. Ooh. Cause I was alone in a foreign place in a place that was, um literally not a lot of people in that area spoke english which was great for me learning german but it was very isolating when you're a black girl in a place with predominantly white people speaking another language yeah and also these people were not very kind they were racist yeah um yep. they just... did not want they did not acknowledge my existence whether i spoke english or german it was just not a good healthy place for me to be in mm. and i was also in my first relationship and it was kind of like what you were saying before like relationships they always say this like relationships are like a mirror Mm -hmm. and I remember just seeing myself and just being like oh my god this is awful Mm -hmm. and like explaining to this person why I was feeling the way I was feeling because they were like I want to know and I love you and I care about you and then saying things and being like my god what is wrong with you you have so many problems like oh my god this is awful have all these problems I'm crying all the time. They're just asking me what is going on and I'm telling them and I'm like, I've never heard myself say these things or at least I never knew it was a problem until now I'm saying it to somebody that is just trying to love me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, especially because we got very serious and we were thinking about marriage and children and I saw a life with this person. I was like, I can't carry this into marriage. I I can't carry this, all these problems into marriage and then potentially with, children Mm. and yeah and then things got worse because then the pandemic happened oh yeah and then I went home and I kept thinking things were good and things were okay there was I think the month of September like I hated my 21st birthday 
I cried, I think I cried the day before, I cried the day of, I cried the day after, just crying. Every day I was just crying, 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 crying. I hated being in Germany. Um, there was one time where I genuinely, I think I called Frida, cause I, when you're in a dark space, as you said, like small inconveniences can be the end of the world. Oh, and I think I lost my student ID and I just lost it. Mm-hmm. I was I called Frida and I was just like, I just said it so much. I just hate being here. And I was just like, ah! <laughs> And luckily I found my like my student ID and stuff like that. But I was just so distraught and I felt very alone. I didn't have many friends when I was in Germany. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the pan- the pandemic happened and then we were inside and then you have a lot of time to reflect and to think about things and then George Floyd was murdered, Breonna Taylor was murdered, Ahmaud Aubrey was murdered, all of these people were dying, all these black people were dying and then more deaths of black people were resurfacing, mm-hmm. Mark Duggan, the, all this different stuff um, was happening and then stuff with church as well and having a conversation with my church leaders about racism and then you're remembering things mm-hmm. and then even us in our friendship group, we were talking about our own experience. I think that was the first time that we were really open with that, with like things that had happened yeah. as we were growing up. So then it was talking about that and then re-remembering things and then feeling guilty. Like I remember there was one specific thing that one of my friends brought up and it killed me. Like it mm. genuinely, oh, even think about it now, it actually makes me really emotional. It killed me mm. to remember that because I didn't, For a long time, I just didn't remember. Mm. And I realised that I had suppressed it. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling so bad and being like, I'm so sorry that I just... Because I was there when it happened. Mm. And I remember her sharing it and just being like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. I should have done better. I should have done better. And then another friend was like, but you were a child yourself. Exactly. So how were you supposed to? But I was like, I didn't... Again, I was already deep in it so I didn't know how to extend grace I didn't know what to do and then yeah also in my relationship as well I think I suppressed it more because a lot of the things he was going through I felt were more important than what I was going through I was like oh I'm just depressed I've done this before it's fine because I used to do it like during secondary school sixth form all of that different Mm -hmm. stuff depressed I was like yeah it's normal I always used to explain it as it just feels like for a long time I have a grey cloud over my head and everything is in black and white. Yes. But it's fine. I suppress yeah. it. I feel whatever it is. And then I move on and I'm mm-hmm. fine. But 2020, I couldn't. I couldn't, like, keep it down as good as I thought I could. Mm. And I think it was also around the time that everybody was talking about, like, better help. Uh, everyone's like, better help, better help, better help. And like seeking therapy and you get to choose your own therapist. Everybody was in the trenches. And I had, was able to save enough money. So when I was in my final year of university, I was like, okay, I'm going to do therapy. Mm-hmm. And then I signed up to better help, was doing it online, met my, met my, I had one therapist. It, it just didn't work out between us met my second therapist who was there for me and I think that she allowed me to kind of like open myself up and then I thank god that I probably that I started therapy around that time because it was 
like a couple of months later that's when my ex and I we broke up and that was like I literally <laughs> I literally once I started therapy I felt like I was like okay we're exiting the grey period <laughs> yeah I'm good depression <laughs> gone she and felt. then we broke up and I was like oh depression just Ooh. was like you thought you thought I was feeling you mm. you thought she said baby I'm back <laughs> I'm back and I, I never have, left. And never and I have ammunition. <laughs> and I have friends now. So it was just uh it was really, really bad. And she was the one that actually got me to like more open up about my role in how that relationship did not work. Yeah. I'm just very thankful you had the therapy set up beforehand. Yes. And you didn't go through it by yourself. I don't honestly, I do not know how I would have processed that mm-hmm. or where I would be today if I had not girl so I don't think I we may have lost that Sarah for because, life yeah I think no for real for real because I, it was a dark place it was a dark dark place so I genuinely feel if I didn't have somebody that was holding me accountable but also was holding space to all of the emotions because like it got to at first I was very much a people pleaser. So I just wanted her to like me. <laughs> but when you're in the throats of depression, I was shouting at her. Mm-hmm. I was I was screaming at her. Oh, I was loads. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But I needed that person because it was like, better somebody that is trained in this, that can handle this, than like a random person in my uni. You needed that outlet. Yeah, I needed, I needed someone. Yeah. And that's literally how I got into therapy and then I kind of stopped for a bit and then I went back because Mm -hmm. I was like we did a lot of surface work Mm. and it was very mainly on like the breakup now we need to go deeper yes and now it's like we're going deeper and I'm like scary yeah it's scary but because I'm in a better emotional space I'm able to do that I wasn't able to do that yeah because I don't think my first therapy session she could be like so let's talk about your childhood. Nope. No, I no, couldn't can't. do that. Don't exist. I can do that now. <laughs> but then I would have been like, oh God, like, no, I would have been in denial. Mm. But now when my therapist, and she's a new therapist as well, when she asks, okay, so what about younger Sarah? I, it, it shocks me because I'm like, oh my God. Oh, not her. <laughs> <laughs> but we now, locked her away. But now it's it's easier to... It's easier. I would say it's simple. It's easier. Yeah. But yeah, that is how I got into therapy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of spoke about where you are at with therapy now. Because mm-hmm. then my question was going to be more around how do you feel it's going? I mean, you've spoke about the impact of it, unless you want to speak more. Or no. Um, right. So you said in the very beginning, you thought it was going to be like a one session fix all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus what do you think now about the journey and where do you think you are actually in that journey i think before you thought it was a sprint mm-hmm. now you know it's a marathon mm-hmm. but where in that marathon how far along do you think you're in i don't think i've got to like the runner's high mm-hmm. yet I think I'm on my way there. Mm. I think I'm just kind of like drudging through. Yeah. Because 
I think it got to a point sometimes, especially now because of, it was easier to do therapy when I was in uni because scheduled, it was very like structured. Yes. So I knew every Friday at this time I was doing therapy. While as now, because especially the nature of work that I do, there's long periods where I'm not able to talk to my therapist. Yeah. So I feel like at first it was very much I was reliant on my therapists to kind of like give me all the answers and just be like, just tell me what I need to do with my life. I don't want to, I, I don't want to take responsibility and stuff like that. But now it's like, especially this past show, and the imposter syndrome just hit me and the anxiety just hit Ooh. me. It was really hard to like, and then also like things were happening in my family as well. It was really hard to like go through that and not have somebody to talk to about it. Yeah. But then being like, nah, Sarah, like the tools are in you. The answers are within you. Mm -hmm. So we've now got to draw them out. Like we've now got to use them. Like the, I feel like my therapist is basically kind of like my instruction manual. Right. Like she's like, the tools are there. I'm just telling you they're there and how to use them yeah so now it's like okay i'm talking to myself i'm da, 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 da. even to have that conversation with um my colleagues about the situation i said before where i was like there's a problem and i the one that needs to address it that is also something that thank god also for having my sister but for a long time i was just ignoring it mm-hmm. i was ignoring it for weeks until i got to a point where i was like i need to talk to about this with somebody but first, I just need to feel my feelings, and I know my sister can handle it. So I talked to it through with my sister, and then even after that conversation, I just had to sit down with myself and be like, what is a productive question? So I wrote out everything that I felt, and then I was like, okay, from this paragraph, what's productive? This one question is the productive question, so we're just going to ask this yeah, and move forward. So I think... I'm in a space now where I'm more aware of things, but I'm not always, like, quick with it. I'm not immediately going to be like, oh, my God, this is my actions. These are my... It, it takes a while. Yeah. It, t- it takes a while to get that. So I'm kind of... Yeah, I'm going... I'm going through. You're going I'm through it. I'm trying. I like what you said about we have the tools within us. They just show us what those tools mm-hmm. are. Because I think for me... I would love to go back, Mm -hmm. especially because there was still so much work to do. Mm. We covered some things, but there are some things that I, I could see she wanted to approach, but I was still holding back. So Mm -hmm. I just, I'll give some generic answers. Mm -hmm. It's fine. And then on to the next thing, please. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So there are definitely things. And I think she could tell as well when I used to go for counseling. So I do want to go back eventually. I've been thinking about it, especially the start of this year. Oh, I was in the trenches. Mm. I was. And it meant, I don't, I get like this every winter anyway. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I'm mentally prepared to know that I struggle through the winter. But this winter was particularly, it was tough, man. I didn't think I was going to make it to the other side. Mm. It was tough. Mm Mm-hmm. It was tough and it made me realise that the work is not over. Yeah. <laughs> There's still so There's much still... more. And then sometimes it feels like life is creating more. <laughs> more things to put on the list. And I'm like, we just fixed this, this, this. I just got over this complex and now you're adding more things to the list. 
come on so yeah i do actually eventually want to go back because i like the fact that i was able to have someone that listened and to help mm. and to show me this whole tools thing you said i love that analogy because it's so true mm-hmm. because even when i was going through it at the start of this year i was trying to remember all the things she'd said to me and the things we discussed and agreed upon to get because she never wants to impose on me so mm-hmm. she'll be like what do you think or do you what yeah, do you want from yeah. this so the things we agreed together that i would do and create these new habits some of them slipped during the start of this year and then i had to actively remind myself like mm-hmm. no we're not going back into this mm-hmm. we are gonna actually try these things out because mm-hmm. i've seen that they do work yeah so we'll stick to them the only thing i'm not very good at is i don't journal I only ever write things down when I'm at a peak of an emotion, Mm. which is really sad because then when I go back and look, I'm like, damn. There's only, like, there's only writings about my life from when it was at its lowest. Yeah. That's when I'm like, I need to get this out Mm. now. Mm -hmm. When I feel okay, I don't write anything down because I'm just, I'm going in, I'm plodding along. Mm -hmm. When I'm like, I can't do this no more. I have to write it down. Because then when I read back, I'm like... Every we... day <laughs> I'm like damn can you smile can you be happy see that's something that I feel like I am I've always been good with mm. and I think it's only been since doing therapy that I've actually because I was the same when I was younger it was very much woe is me everything is dark yeah. everything is bleak I'm sad da, 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 da. I'm anxious I'm angry it was just extremes mm-hmm. So, like, the early entries of my journal are just kind of, like, problems, problems, problems. Yeah. And I think there's probably even entries where I've just been, like, I'm always talking about my problems. Why can't I talk about when I'm happy? Like, <laughs> yeah. am I never happy? You broke the fourth wall. I broke the fourth wall. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, um, hi, I'm reading this and uh, Sarah from one one Sarah to the other. Like, I just, I, I have a problem with this. Yeah. I have a problem with this, with this narrative. <laughs> so, I think what I'm better at doing now is and i think this is also something that my therapist always tries to champion me is to kind of acknowledge when like things are good Mm. and to like really be like like big yourself up yeah be proud of yourself yeah you have to and so i think the entries now especially i'd actually say the last journal that i've just finished um that one was very sad because it was also documenting probably the the darkest part of going through of navigating that breakup but it was also like the healing journal because mm-hmm. i've been journaling since i was like 13 wow. yeah so it was definitely the one that has the most like healing like it has notes from my therapy session notes from reading about it's all about love and just moments where i'm just I've done something and I'm proud of myself. And I'm like, Sarah, I want to just give you credit. And da, 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 da. and also encouraging words to myself. And I was like, you're going to be okay. Da, 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 da. So, yeah, I think now I journal when I genuinely want to talk to myself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I say dear diary, but it's very much dear Sarah. It's like, hey, girl. this is what happened. <laughs> this is what's going on. Da, 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 da. So I think I'm getting better at doing that. But That's at the beginning, good. it was very... Her world is me. Girl, it was sad, sad. I was writing sad haikus. <laughs> I said, How sad can we make this? I'm going to turn it into a haiku. 
we thank God for growth. <laughs> thank God for growth. <laughs> That's the summary. We thank God for growth. Here we go. For real, for real. Yeah. You know, I get really excited about who I'm going to be in my 30s. Mm. I can envision it so clearly. Mm-hmm. And I like her. I hope I do it. I think I will. You will. I have to. Mm. I don't know who else I'll be. Or mm. what, I don't know where else I'll deviate. But yeah, I look forward to that. Everyone always says 20s are so unstable. Yeah, I think for me, my goal in life is stability. That's mm. all I want. Mm. That is all I want. I want constant something that is constant and mm. stable because mm-hmm. I have not had that at all in mm. life. Do you feel like you're in the inklings of that? No. Okay. It, I'm literally looking forward to 30s, mid 30s because it's not yet. <laughs> it's not now. <laughs> no. We've still got a long way to go. We're not there yet, but I'm on my way. Yeah. And I'm actively, I'm not just letting life happen. I'm actively trying to, I'm running towards that goal, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pushing for that. That's all I want. That mm. is the only thing I can be like, what is my heart? What, like, my heart's desire is stability. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Can I wrap the episode up now? Yes. <laughs> Are you satisfied with the questions that you've asked me? Yeah. Okay. I think you've shared a lot, so we thank you for that. Um, yeah, thanks for coming to the show. <laughs> <laughs> This is not <laughs> show. This is not my show anymore. Um, but yeah, thank you, Emma, for your openness and your honesty and your vulnerability. It has been beautiful to see, and I thank feel you, very privileged you. to have been in the space with you while you have been sharing. Thank you um, for yours as well. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, that's the end. That's all, folks. Wrap it up. Firstly, thank you, Amifa, for being on the podcast. Thank you for your openness, for your honesty, and for sharing your truth and your wisdom with us. Um, I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, I was not expecting for Amifa to turn the conversation on its head and make me answer questions. I mean, I'm glad that I did. It was nice to share, but... I just, I always find those episodes interesting when I have a guest on and the guest then turns it around to me. And it's not just me just adding on something to what they said. It's me, it's them asking me a question and I'm like, oh, what? I think that sometimes it's, when I do these podcast episodes, I very much go into like the the hosting zone. So I'm thinking about everything. I'm thinking about editing. I'm thinking about all this different stuff. And I'm forgetting that, especially when I ask my friends to come on the podcast, that that they are my friends. And so they also want to know my opinion and my say in this. And so, yeah, sometimes it just like bewilders me because I'm like, oh, you want to know what I think? And it's like, yes, you're my friend. In any other environment, you would tell me what you think. Um, anyway, that's a little digress, um, but I'm happy I shared. In terms of my takeaways for this episode, yeah, I don't think I can really fully articulate other than to say, and this is a very, very big simplification, growth is messy. Growth is messy. Growth is a messy bitch. Um, very hard, 
And I think that we are constantly called to, supposed to, encouraged to, encouraged to look back on life, on past decisions and things, and to realize, to look at our growth, but also to acknowledge the stickiness and the mess and the stains of growth. That's it, folks. Sorry. I know that I usually go very in-depth in these takeaways, but I can't because that's it. Growth is messy. So what are you growing through? Let me know. And you can let me know by following Miss Educate on social media. The information will be in the description box. Additionally, so will the Miss Educate blog where you can now listen to these episodes along with a few additional notes from yours truly. And while you're there, don't forget to add your email to the subscription list so you don't miss out on new posts. Lastly, continue to watch, read, listen, educate, and then re-educate yourselves. Make sure to rate, review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this podcast with a friend. And tune in next time for another discussion on the Miseducate podcast. Bye!